From my heart and from my hand Why don't people understand my intention? Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Hello, Mike. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I know um, you may wonder why I sound so weird. It's because it's Madison from the future <laughs> no that was just it's madison that was enough of an explanation I will oh say. okay do you have any questions about the future <laughs> no looking around i'm kind of surprised there is one that's very fair i forgot uh way back then this is probably right around the time you know the the, th- the thing was happening uh-huh the thing the thing the covid19 I'm glad to say that in your old age, you have the same grasp and like retention of names that you did in your youth. Yeah, not a lot's changed, Madison. Your voice is changing, though. Currently, <laughs> you've kind of you've gone from a very old man to a little bit more of a gruff biker. Yeah, um, everyone bikes in the future. Obviously, that makes sense. I ride the hardly the heart the Hardly Davidson. Yep, I. <laughs> I ride the Harley Davidson 117. How many Harley Davidsons? How did you say 117? 117. I'm yeah. definitely gonna not fact check right now to make sure there haven't already been 100. Well, plus. well, um, our archives got wiped in the war. Oh, with who? With uh, uh, the other bike, uh, the big bike, the big bu- other big bike uh, uh, company. I can't remember. I'm old, Mike. I'm old. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back in uh, to uh, my time machine. I just wanted to say hi. Uh, okay. So. Okay. Well, I guess I'm doing this episode solo this week. Uh, so. Oh, hi, Mike. What What was that? It's present day Madison. It's present. What an interesting way of describing. I know, yourself. right? It's. I, I just thought. I. So, were you here for future Madison or? No. Who's future Madison? So you just you just naturally enter rooms and announce yourself as present day. Yeah, Madison. you've been to parties with me. You know that I do that every single That's room right. I I walk into. Mm-hmm. Well, which one are we doing today? Uh, yeah, today we are doing Tomorrowland, the George Clooney box office hit. Oh, really? Yeah, this was not well well received. It's surprising. It it doesn't seem like a movie that I'm like, oh, gotta go see Tomorrowland, right? Like it like it it's not. Because it's a Disney movie, right? Yeah, this is a Disney joint. Yeah, I was, I've been reading some articles, uh, and George Clooney talked about like people being surprised that he's in this, and he's like, "Yeah, I know. Like, it's weird putting me in a big summer blockbuster like that." But he really liked that Disney was doing something new and original, and quote that it wasn't a sequel or a reboot. That's fair on George Clooney, which is why he wouldn't. We did reach out. He he did decline guesting on this episode. We reached out to him. Uh, and for that reason, oh, okay. he just kept sending me those articles. Got it. Instead got of it. like a rejection. Uh, so. Just basically his whole take on the matter. Yeah. It's kind of actually surprising because I'm actually not that big of a George Clooney fan in general. Um, so it would have been really awkward if we got him for the episode. Oh. <laughs> uh, You're not a Cloon Loon? I'm not a Cloon Loon. Yeah, because his movies like that have come out in the last like probably 10 years. Like I just really haven't mm-hmm. been like, oh, I got to go see that. I think the last thing I saw him in that I really enjoyed were was uh, Men Who Stare at Goats. That's probably my last one that okay. I really liked him in. Everything else since then, 
not really down with. I'm not really a Clune Loon okay. either. You're a Rune Loon. You're a big Andy Rooney fan, right? No, that's what we... I, I like RuneScape. Oh, oh. The online oh, game RuneScape. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Just out there crafting my air runes, my water runes, going to Falador. That is about the extent of my what I remember about RuneScape. I, I feel like we've been talking too much about video games in the last few episodes. <laughs> Are you sure you? We just don't want to change to be a video game podcast. Yeah, uh, this is actually the announcement that Metis and I are changing equalizers to be a RuneScape yes. fan cast. Rune loons. How rune can you loon? <laughs> two rune, two loon. Uh, what were you about to say before I got us off track? <laughs> yeah. um, I was saying, though, that I did also read that George Clooney, one reason that he kind of signed on for this was he liked that it had like a positive message, like an ending, like... Uh, it was a movie that hoped for the future instead of just being like, wow, the future sucks. Like, it's not dystopian. It's not that kind of thing. Like, it's very much like just people, if we don't give up, we can affect the positive change and make the future brighter. And that's one of the reasons that he also agreed to do it was like, because it was just something yeah. that you don't see that much with movies that pro- that show yeah, the future these so. days. Yeah, because I guess it's not it's not an apocalyptic future. It's kind of a hopeful future. But the apocalypse happens. Right. They're they're attempting to forestall the apocalypse as opposed to everything's fucked forever and there's yeah. nothing we can do about it. I will it. say um the other actors in this I thought were really good. Hugh Laurie shows up, kind mm-hmm. of the bad guy. It just he's kind of a very cordial bad guy. He wasn't like Hugh mm-hmm. Laurie himself was like a like a politician, right? His flunkies that were like hunting them down through the whole movie just outright killed people in the past. Like they just like dematerialized cops. And this is in the future. Tomorrowland's not in the future. It's not. No, it's all like at the. It's the same time. They just dress like that because they can, and it's Tomorrowland. Really? I'm like really sure that this is not a time travel. Movie. I thought it was. I thought they were. They went to the future. Or maybe it's like a different plane of existence or something like that. Because that's why they had to go to space and like get a running start to like go through the dimension. I'm pretty sure it's just like a different plane of existence. Hmm. Mike is Googling. I'm just looking to see quickly if I can find. I really don't think it is. Whatever. Don't add us if it is. Well, obviously the movie didn't do a very good job of explaining it. (laughs) So I guess like so I guess that's a knock on them because like. Right. I just watched the movie and I thought it was the future, but you you watched the movie recently too, and you thought it was the same same timeline. So I'm pretty sure it's just an alternate, like like a pocket dimension, and it's supposed to be the like unfettered scientific discovery is why it looks so futuristic, but it's actually like present huh. day. Interesting. Well, please add us if anyone can hunt this down. Actually, well, um, I like this movie, and you like this movie. Yeah. Yeah, future, not future, who cares? We both we both generally like the movie. It may surprise you to know that there are some people who didn't like this movie. I don't have any of their opinions with as tomatoes today because I couldn't find any good ones, but they're out there. Yeah, people have opinions, they're out there. I know I've talked to people who saw this movie when it came out, like they went to the theaters to see it, and they said they did not mm-hmm. enjoy it. And I could see that because I don't think this is a movie theater movie. Like I would not pay like... to go see Tomorrowland. Like, I did rent it from Amazon Prime for $3. But, um. One reason I feel like the movie kind of floundered is that Britt Robertson's character is the main character, like the protagonist, rather. But George Clooney is the main character. 
Rit Robertson is the the character who we're supposed to like sympathize with and who has like a hero's journey, but in reality, George Clooney is. But the film really is insisting that it's her. And if they had made her a side character from the beginning, she could have still been effective. But then they could have focused on George Clooney and wouldn't have been like, oh wow, George Clooney's a really interesting main character. No, he's not. No, he's not. It's her. She's the main character. Stop saying well, that. Well, and her whole um like Britt Robertson's character's whole like reason was for her to have a sudden idea towards the end of the movie of like why it's working in like a single second basically like like how to solve mm-hmm. the problem of the world ending but her character wasn't much besides that moment right and like they put a lot of impetus to say multiple times throughout the movie she's gonna save the future like she's the reason for the future but then it's Mm -hmm. just like oh well anyone could have had that idea all these geniuses are on this world and they nobody got that the hyper intelligent george clooney character couldn't have got that or understood why what was happening like i and he had already like interacted with the thing like the the signal before like i just it really feels like they wrote the movie to star George Clooney. And then somebody at Disney was like, no, we're trying to get kids to see this. You have to make a kid the main character. And then they kind of forced her character either into more prominence or into existence. Because the George Clooney story, I think, fits and it works really well. And then it just feels kind of like she was just dropped on top of yeah. that plot. And not really like made to fit in very well. Because even if throughout the movie, if she had been like the one who's suddenly realizing the ways out of the scrapes that no one else thought of or like like her thing is kind of like eureka moments that would have made more sense at the end than suddenly like i've been just kind of here to be i basically i'm your dr watson but suddenly i cracked the whole case right at the end which i think the george clooney character what was his name like let's say like i just watched the movie like just got done watching the movie i can't remember i don't remember their names either but his like relationship with a robot girl who was played by Raffi Cassidy, that their storyline kind of like worked pretty well. I thought Raffi Cassidy's like performance was pretty solid. The whole thing that she's like a robot and she like she has the most hope for the future and she has the least humanity. Like I thought that was pretty well done. Exactly. Speaking of liquids, it's time for another classic segment, Madison's Liquids. Uh, before we continue with this bit, I do have a list of demands before I will agree to partake of this bit any longer. What are your demands before getting wet? My pre-wedding demands are, one, you are not allowed to ever repeat a liquid. So like last week, you had Peach Pear LaCroix. You can't okay. ever have Peach Pear LaCroix okay. again as part of this bit. Two, we have to come up with other lifelines that are not. Wait for a second, you have to come up with other lifelines that aren't just me cold calling our friends. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I think it's pretty fun. It gets them on the show. No, no. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying that that's, that one's gone forever. I just, there need to be more options. Okay. Okay. And I um, think that's it. I'm trying to remember. If, I thought I had a third one, but I don't remember now. Cool. How about I send you a link of a picture that is a, like a hint. Okay, that'll work. I'll take that. Like a visual. That's a good lifeline. I mean, you don't have to come up with them right now. I'm just saying 
there need to I, I want other lifelines beyond just because eventually we're going to run out of friends and I think that they're going to start to get vaguely annoyed at getting randomly cold called in the middle of the day just so that I could ask them to help me guess what you're drinking. Well, eventually they would just know, oh, this is another Madison's liquid spit, right? They would just uh they would just accept the their fate in <laughs> Oh, the third one was that we probably should come up with a better name than Madison's Liquids. Vito. Vito. Fair enough. Okay, so with all those demands being met, and what, or two of them being met, and one of them being vetoed, are you ready to get wet, Mike? Yes. All right, Mike, what am I drinking? First question, would you describe the mouthfeel as resplendent? <laughs> resplendent? Yes. Um, I have to Google resplendent real fast. Attractive and impressive through it being richly colorful or sumptuous. Um, yes. Does the name of the drink contain four letters in common? Sorry, let me try that again. Does the name of the drink contain four letters in common with the word applesauce? Yes. Okay. Is it tap water and loose coins? It is not tap water and loose coins. Though maybe. Maybe a future episode. I felt pretty confident about that one. You're going to feel really mad if it's sparkling water and loose coins. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not going to be because I'm not the one drinking sparkling water and loose coins. Is it some form of burger put through a blender? Um, No, it is not. I will give you a... I don't really like my, my drinks chunky. Fair enough. Does this liquid remind you of either of the live-action Inspector Gadget films? I've only seen one of them. And I will say, confidently, 100%. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Have you ever said the name of this liquid and felt shame? Uh, no, I have not. Actually, yes, I have. Actually, I, I, you know, no. Uh, yes, I have. Would I enjoy rubbing this on my bare feet? I don't know what you like. Oh, it's a yes or no question. Yes. Would it be appropriate to drink this at a funeral? I would say yes, actually. <laughs> have you ever drank this while thinking about... <laughs> Sorry. Have you ever drank this while thinking about Zoot Suit Riot by <laughs> Cherry Pop and Daddies? Uh, not this particular flavor, no. Ooh, but it's a flavor. Got a little extra information out of that one. All right, my final question. And after I have this information, I may go ahead and use phone a friend. But I want to get all the information before I make an official okay. guess. Uh, is this more than $2 on the dark web? I have to log onto the dark web real fast, but I'm going to guess no. All right, I'm going to use my phone a friend option. Give me just okay. a moment. I'll give you and the phone a friend an extra hint because I already pulled up a pic a picture to send you. What happens if nobody picks up? I don't know. Hello. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Mike. So, Madison and I are recording Equalizers, and they have a new bit where I have to guess what liquid they're drinking, and I get a phone-a-friend. Okay. Uh, so, I have some information for you here, and we're going to have to try to guess what they're drinking. Oh, excellent. Okay, so they would describe the mouthfeel as resplendent. It resplendent. does. Yes, it does contain four letters in common with the word applesauce. It four is, letters in common. It is not. Four letters in common with the word applesauce. Exactly. It is not tap water and loose coins. It is not. Oh, okay. It is not some form of burger put through a blender. Oh. This liquid does not remind them of either of the Inspector Gadget films. They have oh. said the name of this liquid and felt shame. That's an important clue. They think I would enjoy rubbing this on my bare feet. 
Uh, this would be appropriate to drink at a funeral. They have never drank this while thinking about Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Okay. <laughs> and uh, this is, it is not more than $2 to purchase this on the dark web. I did manage to get an extra clue because Madison accidentally said that this flavor they have not drank while thinking about Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. So it, there's a flavor involved. Oh, God, I think Zoot Suit, I think Banana. Banana? Like a yellow Zoot Suit. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't really see a reaction. Banana Madison flavor. doesn't seem to be having a reaction to this. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I think they're going to send me a picture that's also a clue because they want me to have to describe a picture to you <laughs> over the phone. Okay. I sent you the link in the okay. chat of Hangouts. And I apologize, you can't see or hear Madison because I have headphones in. Oh, okay. So it is a small bag of bold party blend savory Chex Mix. Looks like it's 49 oh, grams. Ew. 1.75 ounces. That's now 75 I'm cents. I'm thinking it's apple cider vinegar or something. I've never heard of anybody drinking <laughs> apple cider vinegar at a funeral. Madison did just attempt a very clearly fake, uh oh, she guessed it face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Although apple, apple would be nasty and very saddening to drink. So yeah, appropriate okay. for a funeral. We're going to guess apple cider vinegar. No. Well, what is Damn. it? So I can tell Carrie. It is Canada Dry Bold. <laughs> oh, ew, it's almost as bad. It's Canada Dry Bold. Ew! Yeah. All right. That's well, a crime. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for your help, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. You're very welcome. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Now that Mike, uh, the listeners, and Carrie uh, know what liquid I am drinking, we can finally do the do, do our <laughs> make our sequel. So I have a timer here for fifteen minutes, and I'm going to start it now. I really only have one thing that I think we have to do, and I think that this has to remain a positive movie. Like we can't really make a downer sequel to it, just because that, that's one thing I really respect about the movie is that it was like actually very positive. Um, some of my notes include the world of yesterday, uh, the world of the day after tomorrow. <laughs> Just a note that this is the only way to survive in Tomorrowland is by drinking new Coke. I don't know. Did you have any ideas? My only idea was, and you kind of touched on it, was a yesterday world. So uh, that was kind of my <laughs> my idea. Of, instead of Tomorrowland, it's yesterday world. So your pitch is Westworld? Yeah, basically. Um, okay. I've never seen Westworld, so sure. Imagine Jurassic Park, but it's uh the Wild West, and instead of dinosaurs, it's robot cowboys. Yeah, that's that. I can I can translate that in my brain. <laughs> um, um, so, so what would be the impetus? So, like, ending at the end of the last movie, all the new recruiters were going out um to lead pins with other innovators mm -hmm. and geniuses um out into the world to rebuild tomorrowland and they were like springing out of the field basically or not to rebuild tomorrowland to build something i have an idea okay we can stick with the name yesterday land have you seen the movie Yesterday? I have not. I know the concept. It's the one with the guy who he suddenly wakes up and the Beatles never existed. So he decides to make all their songs yeah. and become uh, bigger than Ed Sheeran. At the beginning of the movie, 
the reason that this happens is all the power goes out across the world. And because of that, he gets hit by a bus on his bike. What if something to do with Tomorrowland is why the power went out or something that they did? Then we can make a crossover. But again, if you haven't seen yesterday, <laughs> it makes it even wow. harder. On top of this already really stupidly ambitious idea of doing a crossover sequel between yesterday and Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland, where the Beatles didn't exist, but it was tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, no. <laughs> the idea is that something at Tomorrowland, like a device or something, went off, and that's what caused the blackout and whatever happened in the movie yesterday. Got it. So it feeds into the movie yesterday. It's not like, oh, the guy from yesterday is in Tomorrowland. <laughs> it's not like my idea was, what if we just included the idea in our sequel that everyone forgot who the Beatles were? <laughs> what if what if we included, like, everyone in Tomorrowland suddenly forgot who George Clooney was, and then George Clooney's character is just, <laughs> it's just like, wait a minute, no, I'm the only one who remembers who George Clooney I'm... is? Me. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're we spent four minutes on this um i mean i'm okay with that like it suddenly leading into um, oh i see so this is like a stealth prequel to yeah, yesterday sure, sure maybe um like the beginning of Tomorrowland, they decide to hold some sort of like inventor convention and they open up the doors for everyone to not just like who uh, has been recruited, but for everyone to like submit their like invention. Uh, the thing that's going to take us up to the next level to Jumanji, the next level. Yeah. In Tomorrowland. And one of the people invents something that is evil. One of the people shows up and it's like, Hey, I wrote all these songs that weren't invented by the Beatles. What if it's something that makes people forget? Like, if we're truly doing this, what if it is a device that makes people forget? I'm okay with this not being a stealth prequel to the yeah, movie yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it's a device that makes people forget certain things. And it's while it's very impressive, um, it seems like the use of it would be very evil, right? So they say, like, oh, well, some things should never be done, right? It's kind of like the Jurassic Park thing. It's like, oh, like you never questioned to see if you should do this, right? I do like the idea of something is built and with the unfettered like optimism and oh, we got to get going on this. We got to get building. We're, we're you know, the, we're the dreamers. We're going to save everything. Something terrible gets built. The The fallout of something that's built is good, but I don't know what it would be. A, a machine that makes everybody forget could be interesting will destroy Tomorrowland, like physically destroy it. Yeah, like what if the person who builds the machine that makes people forget is sort of like a Gilroy Lockhart type of person, and okay, I'm down for that. He uses this thing to erase the memories of inventors, and he takes credit for their work. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, like maybe mm. he's one of the shining stars of Tomorrowland, and he's trying to um, raise up through the ranks, but he. Um, is doing it on the merits of others who because he can never he just can't can't not make anything evil because he's like a mad scientist type type deal okay i like it so the guy uses this machine to erase people's minds and he his goal um is to use it to erase the mind of frank george clooney's character um 
to forget like maybe the security mm-hmm. protocols and then he tells them to let's back up for a second then he's he's making people forget their work so he can steal it as his own and does it all just go bad at once like everything basically breaks and is now everybody's in danger or does he bite off more than he can chew at some point and something goes wrong that way like i guess we don't we have we've kind of established that he steals people's work with this machine and then something goes bad if we know kind of what actually happens i think we can have a better idea of how we solve the problem once we know what it is yeah good call so what if his ultimate goals are like very altruistic i guess like maybe he like mm. is wanting to do this for altruistic reasons we could find out later we could figure out later but Mm -hmm. he accidentally loses control of it and it Mm. gets uploaded into like a system or a robot or something that is seeking to erase everybody's mind Mm. Um, okay maybe it was one of like the recruiter robots like what if it was like there are the recruiter robots but there also are like the regulator robots who are just like if someone tries to abuse science then they have to be taken back to earth and then their minds are erased i see so he's the person who is trying to build that robot because he thinks that people knowing about tomorrowland and getting kicked out will just lead to them attempting to destroy it or like risk like revealing their secrets and stuff Mm -hmm. so he builds a robot that can erase people's minds and then the robot goes out of hand and takes and does a james spader uh, ultron ultron and doesn't see and wants to take over tomorrowland and build it in their image or something like i don't know what do you think like what what do you think i like the idea of that it goes out of hand and a robot starts erasing memories what if the idea is that he is our lockhart character is is kind of becoming the figurehead like the face of tomorrowland because of all these great and altruistic inventions he has. And when we find out that he's been stealing them, his justification, though, is like, okay, but, you know, if eight eight different people come up with eight different solutions, no one's going to know. Like, I am this whoever doctor, whoever, from Tomorrowland. Like, I'm bringing good press and good publicity to Tomorrowland. So when this breaks bad, the robot kind of escalates that and is like, oh, we'll just attribute everything to him. We'll make all the scientists forget their stuff and then he can have it all. And like that's not what he wants. But it's an idea of the robots like erasing memories, like people forgetting that they did this work so that he can do it, because it's like like Ultron in the movie and the comics, the idea was to save the planet. Ultron just realized people are the problem to some extent. Whether or not you that philosophy is valid or not like that was the point it was like a dangerous heightening of the original like program i like that yeah so the robot wants to make uh our character um our lockhart uh like character like unto a god of like Mm -hmm. invention and everything like yeah it it just misunderstands and it's trying to is just now like exceeding its parameters of it's just going around tomorrowland blanking memories so that Lockhart will be like the face of tomorrow will be Tomorrowland. That's not what he wanted, but here we are. So it's a robot. It's a robot that webs memories. And I don't think he's even a part of it. Maybe he's a hostage at this point, our Lockhart character. Like I, I don't I think that once it breaks bad, then he's just as much like on the team of trying to stop the robot as everyone else, because he's not evil. I like that. So how do they defeat him ultimately? do you think 
I mean, I have a stupid answer for you if you want. I, well, I was trying to think of like how we could lead it into yesterday. <laughs> oh no, I'm 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 I don't want to do that anymore. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I was kind of I thought it'd be funny, especially if the movie yesterday was more of a part of this, like it was more of a crossover. We're just gonna end it as like a stealth prequel. That's just more headaches than it's worth because then it's Oh yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about, like how, how the stealth prequel can happen. Like how do we get to that point of like No, I, I think we we save it and we'll just do yesterday uh as a movie some other time. Okay. okay. So I'm more down the long and winding road. Uh, okay. Um <laughs> So what was your what was your idea? So my stupid idea is that there's like a beam or like a flash of light, like a neuralizer, and somebody just holds up a mirror and they blank the robot's memory. Oh, okay. Like the classic Medusa uh, trick or laser vision sometimes. Yeah. That would be, that's kind of dumb, but it is also kind of Disney. It is. We could also go the other way of like, we load too much information into the robot's mind and it like explodes. <laughs> And he can't figure out what what like the concept of reality is. <sighs> like he he like they basically drive a robot insane. <laughs> like because he can't de- he can't de- determine like what is a legit idea, what is real, what is kind of like us. Yeah, basically, just like the movie Us. No. <laughs> oh Jesus, that doesn't have a sequel. I mean, we could kind of combine our ideas. They neuralize the robot, but that leads to some kind of feedback loop. Like the robot is programmed to wipe the memory, but if it when it wipes the memory, it doesn't remember its programming, so it can't wipe. The, like it just basically the robot is driven logically insane by being hit with its own memory wipe. Yeah, and he's trapped in a his own loop like forever, mm-hmm. and he's basically immobile because he can never figure out like the function mm-hmm. of he can't actually form a thought. Like, right, because he, he he gets caught up in the um the process of forming a thought too much, like over and over again. We could have a great scene at the end then, where like uh, George Clooney or or Frank is like, "Congratulations, Doctor, or whatever, you created the first vegetative robot." <laughs> yeah, but very dismissive. Like he's like really pissed yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah, it's a sad fate. Well, I guess yeah, that isn't really hopeful for tomorrow, is it? Yeah. Uh. But I do like how it is kind of themed in the idea of the process of thinking and coming up with ideas and Mm -hmm. the idea of like stealing other people's ideas is very cheap and doesn't like Hmm. it 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 it, Mm -hmm. it is counterintuitive to the actual progress of innovation right like so like just stealing someone else's ideas isn't like oh you don't understand the process of how this came to be so we don't actually gain the knowledge of learning how these new innovations come to what if to keep this kind of positive or at least ending a little more positive throughout the movie, at least at the beginning, the, what they're creating at Tomorrowland, they're not really putting back out into the world. Like maybe Frank's just kind of like cautious about because the last time they let something out of Tomorrowland, it was that beam that was going to make everybody blow each yeah. other up. So he's kind of like, we have to be really sure. Like we can't put this out there. We can't put this out there. Like we gotta, we gotta keep it here for now. But like, and then at the end of the movie, he's learned like that guy was kind of right. Like, if nobody, like, what are they doing if they're not getting this the stuff out there? It's basically halting the progress of knowledge. Like this, this, this stuff came into existence, and we're keeping it from the rest of the world. I mean, it's kind of like the Batman argument of if Bruce Wayne just spent all the money. Well, like, they make this in universe. If Bruce Wayne spent all the money he spent on being Batman on like 
giving the police that stuff, it would arguably have a more like a, a wider effect on lowering crime in Gotham. But he doesn't. And again, I'm not like forwarding that as like a valid theory. That's like in the comic. That's a thing that people debate and discuss. Why don't we just make Batman in Tomorrowland and that's like uh that's that's our that's our sequel. But can we just include Batman? Like Batman's no, there. We can't. Oh, oh no. okay. Veto. Veto. Yeah. Um, I think we're onto something here. Um, mm-hmm. I think we are. Um, of just like, oh yeah, Frank finally realizes like we're keeping knowledge from the world, and even though, oh, we need to be cautiously like bring out into the world to keep it held up in this bubble of Tomorrowland isn't right. At the end, he opens the gates officially. Like no more recruiters. Like, or maybe there are recruiters. Like, but it's like people can come and go as they please. Or yeah, I think that's more the idea is Tomorrowland becomes less of like a compound and more like a business that people can like, okay, well I'm going to go home now to, I don't know, Ohio and I'll be back tomorrow at 8am for the, you know, back to the lab, but they can like come and go. It's not so much like a, you live here now, live and work here. It's just like a job or a business in a pocket dimension (laughs) or the future. Who knows? Yeah. Or both or both. Yeah. I think that's something. Um, I think we kind of sped through everything. Do we want to talk about like kind of the plot beats? Or I kind of feel like a movie like this, we don't really need too many plot beats. Um, what does Casey? What is she? Is she in the movie? What is she doing? I think she maybe hangs back for most of the movie. I think like I think like the new character is probably the Lockhart guy, um, who is probably yeah. like the kind of person we're following. Um, and what age range are we looking for for this person? I was talking about Michael Shannon before, but it'd be great if he was more of a um. Like maybe like late twenties, thirties, and maybe that's kind of why uh, Frank's character, uh, Frank, um, kind of like takes a shining to him because it reminds him of him, like the kind of hope and dreams that he had when he was a kid. Zach Efron. I'm just looking through a list of actors in their thirties. Uh, Taron Egerton's on this list. We haven't. I don't think we've used him. I think we. I think we before. did. I can't remember what it was for, but I think we did. Probably. Now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe might be a good idea. Actually, we have, okay. we have, we have absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we have yeah. in Space Jam: Order of the yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, I forgot about that. He was literally Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> we've used actors. I'm pretty sure we've had Idris Elba slash Samuel L. Jackson in like four different movies. So that's true. Let me see. Just take a quick look and see. If there's anybody else here that strikes out at me? Macaulay Culkin. Shia LaBeouf. How about we do Macaulay Culkin? I think that's a good idea. Let's bring him back. Macaulay Culkin. Okay. George Clooney. Culkin. Clooney. Culkin slash Clooney. Can't be beat. Culkin slash Clooney, Dawn of Justice. Do we want to call him Lockhart? I mean, maybe. Yeah. I think that's maybe on the nose. How about... Oh, new plan. It's an older scientist. We cast Callista Flockhart, and then we just call her, and okay. we just have her play herself <laughs> as the scientist. What if it's kind of like a nudge or like a wink and it his name's Gil? Gil. I like that a lot, actually. Okay. So what are some of the inventions that he takes credit for that are innovative? Let's make up some stuff real fast. Because hmm. as far as like the first movie, like Tomorrowland, I think everything was kept pretty um basic futuristic stuff like laser guns and jetpacks. And that, that would be he, he would be a. Uh... What if he invented? canada dry bowl yeah perfect funeral drink 
Canada Dry Bowl. Apparently, the mouthfeel is resplendent. So, I mean, um, ciliary growth, like our, like good. for limbs that have been amputated or something like that. Yeah, that's not that fun. could be Let's do some fun shit. Well, then you start coming up with something. Um, <laughs> what about a jetpack? But it's a hat. <laughs> Gum that turns your that freezes your spit. So many uses for that. How about a like maybe like a like a hover? What if he actually invents the hoverboard, like the real one, like a real hoverboard? Okay, hoverboard's good. Maybe like a new form of travel. Of course, they they kind of already invented like there was like a hover train in the first one that I saw and like hover cars. Mm-hmm. So, what if he invents hover airplanes? Wait, wait. What about like teleportation? I don't think that's really happened. I mean, like they use the portals. I guess, but like, what if? What, right. I mean, that's. I. I, I thought well, that's not fun, Madison. Okay. Um, Remember, fun is what we're looking for. Yeah. I mean, hover buildings. Save space. Uh, it's hard to find something that's fun that also fits into the tone of the movie, right? Like, yeah, and that they haven't already done to some extent, because like hover trains, uh, those cool pools that were just like floating in midair. Uh, yeah. Like that kind of stuff looked awesome. Yeah. I mean, he could have also designed rockets because in the 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 brochure, if you will, like the pin, like the the welcome video with the pin, they had rockets taking off and landing and doing all sorts of stuff there, like twenty four seven. Yeah, that's true. Maybe something like that. So he could have designed like really cool looking rockets. Yeah, like a lot of stuff that involves aeronautics. So like he like that's his kind of bread and butter of like the people that he's taken credit for. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Cool. So, what's left? Oh, who plays the robot? Uh, James Spader. Wouldn't have been my first call. Now, I think we should pick, like, a kid, because um, the robots seem to be, at least the one that, the Athena, the one that was with Frank and Casey the whole time was a kid. Um, so let's get, like, another kid, because, again, this is, like, ostensibly a franchise for children. That is. Okay, so surprising no one, the list here already begins with pretty much the cast of Stranger Things. Yeah, I was going to say, let's just put Finn Wolfhard in. He's like the only... What about the uh, Elsie Fisher, who was... That's the girl that was in 8th grade. I've not seen 8th grade. I'm fine with that. I trust you. Before that, I was going to pitch Samantha Sink, who was Max, the redhead in Stranger Things, but I'm good with Elsie Fisher. Uh, Then the robot is Elsie Fisher... And they put her into a catatonic state at the end of the game. It's okay. In the first one, it, that yep. kid, that kid robot, got hit by a freaking car, <laughs> pretty brutally. Yeah, I mean, but with Disney style rules, if I remember correctly, not hey, we just <laughs> we just put gave a robot a panic attack until it basically went into a. Coma. Okay, we did it. Um, we did something. Jesus. All right. Well, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, all the other places podcasts are found. Where you you can buy us in pill form and open the capsule and put it in your favorite drink. And if that drink is Canada Dry Bold, then you have some good taste, my friend. You can always get in contact with us here on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. Uh, we are also on Instagram at the underscore equalizers. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to Carrie McMichael for uh, being my lifeline in Madison's Liquids. You can find her podcast, Kicking and Streaming, um, on Twitter at kick in 
the letter N, stream. Uh, you can also find them everywhere online uh, that you find podcasts by looking up kicking and streaming with an ampersand. Uh, I will say it's a yellow background on the logo because there is a second podcast also called kicking and streaming. Uh, but you can find that there. They watch movies and they talk about them. Go check them out as well. So next time we crack open a good book with the page master. So Macaulay Culkin's going to be in this next movie. <laughs> um. Oh, well, double McCulkin. So for the equalizers, I'm Addison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. Remember, mate, not all sharks are in the ocean. To be continued. Elastic tubes and pots and pans, bits and pieces and magic.